Welcome back to the HR Tech Chat podcast, where we dive deep into the world of human resources and explore the latest trends and innovations in HR technology. I'm your host, Jennifer Dole. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest who is a talent strategist, executive coach, and consultant. And she brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table with her expertise in various areas, such as culture, coaching, team effectiveness, leadership development. I am thrilled to introduce you to Maria. And Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. So it is our pleasure, Maria. And let's just dive right in because when we spoke earlier, um, you talked about HR economics and its impact on organizations. And I would love to hear from you um, what it means to you. What does HR economics mean to you? Um, HR economics really is a framework for decision-making and a way to guide your investments in people to get to maximize the return. And if you think about how complicated our world has gotten over the past three years, there's so much coming at, at us all. And having a structure for that decision-making allows you to strategize as well as impact results. And if you think about, you know, organizations like 360 Insights helps people sort through all the, the overwhelming change to make the right decisions. And to me, there's there's really three parts of it. So first, it's, it's your strategy. Where are you going? And then how do you use data to efficiently and effectively guide your decision making? And then what's the impact? And it, you know, if we just dig into each of those a little bit more, every organization is in existence to deliver value to their customers and, and some type of result to their owners, whether they're public or private. And I work with a lot of PE-backed firms and yeah. help them sort through. There's really two things their owners want. It's, you know, EBITDA and networking capital to be maximized or EBITDA and inventory reduction. So if you think about that bigger strategy, labor plays a big impact on it. And then, yes. yeah, it really does. And then the data is, is the HR economics. Yeah. So, and I love how you call it HR economics because, um, HR needs to tie their strategy to the business strategy. HR needs to tie their data to the business data. And I, I love what you've come up with. Thank you. Yeah, really, it, it was formed because I ran both operations and HR at a very senior level for um, Geico, which is a huge insurance company. And I understand the pressure that operations has to deliver and that HR has to be able to support. So I created HR economics um, to guide that with understanding, okay, so what is the cost of turnover? Mm -hmm. Where does it affect us? And 
what are the components that lead up to that? So what's your cost of hire? What's your cost of performance gaps? And when you look at the amount of money that is lost through ineffectiveness or inefficiency, if you could take a portion of that investment and or that that loss or that expense and invest in your people, you can get 10x return and have a big impact. Absolutely. Uh, and that return on investment is what many HR technology vendors are trying to connect to. Yeah. And if you if you talk about it in terms of what's the return on investment, you end up seeing that you can get a 10x return from implementing some technology solutions, which really is fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear your experience doing this because I know you're leading a consulting firm right now, but you've gained so much expertise from being an HR practitioner, using technology to help drive the strategy and the data and the impact. Can you share a little story for us? Yeah, I'd be happy to share a story. So um, when I was first promoted to the vice president of talent, the biggest problem that we were trying to solve is staffing. Mm. And, you know, I always try to get to what's the biggest problem that we're trying to solve because there was a focus on hiring. There was a focus on uh, training. There was a focus on turnover. But if you could step back and look at the full um employee life cycle and put a cost to each stage of the life cycle, it allows you to, to create a much more dynamic model where you get benefits in each of those different mm -hmm. steps. Um, so really looking at what's the full problem and what are some of the unintended consequences that come from each stage. So um, we built a team that was uh, very talented of IO psychologists, some data scientists, and some experts in um, branding and recruiting and learning and development. And what we did was look at what was happening at each stage and how was it impacting downstream areas and what were some of the unintended consequences of the way that we were doing mm -hmm. each of the stages. Um, Sounds and like then a we, great project. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, being able to step back and look at the whole process allowed us to make very different decisions mm -hmm. because we were constantly reevaluating based on the additional data that we had. And we used the Agile model mm -hmm. so that we would continue to iterate and um, improve. And I'll just tell you a little bit about some of the things that we did and some of the vendors that we used, if that's okay. That's great. I'd, I'd love to hear it. So we started by looking at how are we uh, hiring and onboarding and training. And what we did was implement Workday recruiting. And then we supplemented it with Phenom, which is a candidate relationship management system that allowed us to um, help people choose a job that that would most resonate with what they were looking for um, mm -hmm. in the work that they were doing. And that would help us give an indication of the culture. 
And to, to support some of that immersive understanding of the culture, we used Brazen and had videos of different leaders talking about their experience and successful employees talking about their experience. So it gave a candidate a good understanding of what they were about to walk into. Um, and then we supplemented to understand the skill sets because when you're hiring, you're looking for two things, right? You're looking for someone who can do the job and someone who's going to stay and be connected to the culture and aligned. Mm-hmm. So, um, the SHL assessments allowed us to simulate the experience of what it would be like to talk to a customer and see um, a realistic job preview. Um, So we put together all of those pieces and implemented and adjusted and, you know, looked at the value and the cost of all of those technologies um, were still cheaper and delivered a better result than our old process. So there is so much to unpack in that, Maria, and it's such a great example because you used your tech stack to do more than just automate, but really to create value um, for the candidates, but as well as the people within your organization. Mm-hmm. And, and that is like, that is where people want to go, right? It is beyond automation at this time, but it's using that technology to get to the conversation faster with the right people. Right. So we took a really labor intensive, time consuming hiring process and strategically added technology that created an efficient, effective process, delivered better results for the company, reduced frustration for the hiring managers and created a better candidate experience. Yeah. What an amazing story. And, and the fact that you you started with process with this cross-functional team and you looked at everything and yeah. you looked at the entire experience and really picked those areas where you could have the biggest impact. Yeah. And we really, you know, stepping back and looking at what's the problem we're really trying to solve and not not stopping at hiring or not stopping at training, but it's an overall staffing solution. So if you step back from that and you decide the strategy first and then think about how the pieces fit together and solve for the bigger issue, then you seek out the technologies that solve each of the steps of your process or that supplement um, and then you, you can consider some of the unintended consequences and really put together a suite of technology that's more like an ecosystem rather mm-hmm. than a hiring solution or a training solution. Yeah, for sure. So so let's um, so with this story that you're telling, like what recommendations do you have for other HR leaders? that are looking at this saying, it's such a big change, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I think the very first step is getting really closely aligned with what you have to deliver to the organization. 
So what's your purpose? And what are those big goals that the, the whole organization has? And what's the work that you're doing? How does, because it either takes you a step closer or a step further away from those goals. And then building out the financial metrics that allow you to make decisions about how to spend your money and then calculate what's what's the projected impact of impact of each of our investments and understand that you know when you purchase a, a piece of technology you're not going to get all of the results and the the value day one but you should get a significant lift so maybe you start at a 3x return on your investment and then build the rest of the infrastructure to support getting to that 10x. And you really should expect and target a 10x value on your investments. Mm. And that's, that's a lot that's of the a big work number. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a very big number, but that's a lot of the work that I do now is helping organizations see that bigger picture and mm. then strategize of how you get there. Nice. And so it's, is it building the business case or is it beyond that? Um, I think it's beyond that. I think it really is understanding the value of people in your organization and the overarching um, costs and value and then building the business case after you understand that as a practitioner or as an HR leader, then you can use that data to inform your business case. <laughs> and then the operational leaders understand how you really are helping them achieve their goals because everyone is aligned. Yeah. Um, I was just reflecting on my time as an HR practitioner at Liberty Mutual, competitor of Geico's. And, you know, there were conversations where headcount was an expense mm -hmm. and, you know, times have changed because we now look at what's the value that these people can create with their skills. Yeah. And it's a lot of information and data that we need to have at our fingertips to be able to tell that story as HR leaders. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when HR leaders can speak about the financial impact, they are so empowered to have a different conversation. And at times, you know, you think about how there's been so much change to our workforce, additions, subtractions, layoffs. If if the HR leader can can really guide the business on this is the value that this group of people uh, deliver. And mm -hmm. this is how we can make this group more efficient or effective. It changes the whole story. It's a it completely does. different conversation. It does. It makes HR much more of a strategic business partner. Yeah. And that's really where they should be. They should have a seat at the table. Um, I think that as HR professionals build this financial acumen and this the skill, they also can have much more effective conversations with the CFO and be in alignment. Yes. And 
the CFO wants to have those conversations. They want to understand. They want to debate mm-hmm. um, ideas because they're doing it with other leaders. They want to do it with HR too. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us and really appreciate your time. It's There's just so much lessons to learn. And I'm so happy that you are out there helping others do what you've done to be successful. Thank you. My pleasure. So thank you for being with us today. This is uh, the latest podcast for HR Tech Chat and a very good one. Some great experience and stories um, shared today. So thank you very much and we'll see you soon. Thank you.